one. Spags, you are back from the beach. You have shedded your Hawaiian polos. How are we feeling about today's show? I mean, we're feeling a lot less tropical, a lot less grinding on the beach. But today, it's training camp season. So Pete's going to tell me which news items I dug up for today are worthwhile and which ones we should throw out to the trash. We're also going to try to get another puppy draft in because the puppy is filling alarmingly fast. $1 million in total prizes. We got to get those entries in. So Pete, hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. And Pete, we were talking a little bit before the show. You told me to save it for the air, but how much do you enjoy having me in your draft this morning on Best Ball Breakfast, where I was really getting a lot of value to the room? Were you planning to get in that draft, or did you just do it when I mentioned Splash Play, and then you you came in hot shilling the uh, the YouTube link? So I will say I was trying to get in. I was working out. I was doing replying to some emails and I'm like, I think I can get into this room now. I have enough window. Like Alex is off today. She's recovering from our beach trip. So she was uh, mostly on Luca duty today. So I was like, all right, I can do this. And I'm trying to figure out, as I'm sure people who watch the best ball breakfast show, Pete now doesn't announce really when he's going in, you kind of have to sneak in. So I'm trying to read your temperature. I'm like, are right, the chats are slowing down. Pete's coming in. So I'd answered two was drafting two at once, but got <laughs> in there and I think I drafted a beautiful team. I think a unique team. I know I reached for Joe Burrow after you tried to bounty hunt me on the show, but uh, a lot a lot of people, Pete, with Joe Burrow and Russell Wilson and a perfectly double-stacked team. Yeah, I mean, perfectly double-stacked team. Um, yeah, you should start more of your drafts with like uh, Diggs, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis. You can get a perfect double-stack there to start your drafts as well. I mean, wh- why not? I I maybe get one round ahead. Why fifth round? Did Did the bounty spook you? Yes, I thought somebody was going to do it on the turn. So I was like, I got to do it now. Otherwise, they're going to fuck me. I had, uh, uh, as you can see on the screen, Jamar Chase T. Higgins. So pretty obvious that I'm telegraphing where I'm trying to go there. Uh, so yeah, there was nobody else on the board I wanted. There were a couple times too where I was going to take like Brandon A. who got scooped on him. Um, I think that's why I took Dallas Goddard maybe or somebody like that. But a couple times in a line where you're like, oh, he's doing this and getting crazy. And it was like, no, everybody just took my guys and I panicked and I didn't want to get completely ruined uh, with my draft. Why, why, why Eli Mitchell over JK Dobbins, JK Dobbins just, uh, was announced. He's not going to start the season on pup going to be ready for week one. Do you like Mitchell over Dobbins? So I haven't gotten a lot of the cheap Dobbins, which probably has spoiled me a little bit with people afraid of getting him, despite that news that we're going to talk about more in a second. But Eli Mitchell, uh, I had Darren Waller, so he's my run back or my bring back for San Francisco for that week 17 correlation. And, and Mitchell, too, I think people have been spooked on, even though all the reports are that he's now looking more like a bell cow back than people initially expected. Yeah. Um, and t- so the Goddard, was this a revenge snipe as the chat is saying you were trying to snipe my, uh, my Goddard stack. So people, the, it was certainly a seed planted in my head by the chat and the conversation, but it was more, I didn't know who else I wanted to take for a second tight end. Didn't want to go one of the Denver guys. Cause I really wanted to get Hamler. Um, cause Hamler has been tough for me to pinpoint down with him sometimes going way ahead of ADP. So yeah, it was a double pronged one where I kind of wanted to take chase Edmonds, but was also taking him in the same draft. That I was doing it this, in the other time, um, rather at the same time. So, um, I figured I'd take Goddard hurt you and then get my second tight end. All right. Well, just a rough, a rough stream for you there. Get that double stack that every other drafter is going to have at two rounds cheaper Burrow. So no, they're not going to have is Equinemius St. Brown and Ty Montgomery in the 17th and 18th. That's where you get different. Yeah. I mean, this, this draft just 
I mean, this draft fucking tells a story. This is a guy who had a bounty put out after him right after reading a few news headlines. That's what this draft says to me. I, I, you know, if, if Gretch is wrong, Pete, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Ty Montgomery part in particular. And speaking of, if you don't want to be right, join us on the Splash Play YouTube channel. I think we're now 10 subs away from 1,000 on there. And, of course, this show is going to leave the comfort, the safe nest of Pete's channel. Head over to the Splash Play channel starting this NFL season. So it'll be the exclusive home of Splash Play. But go check it out. Hit 1,000 subs, please, so we can get monetization going. Because, Pete, we've doubled our watch hours on there. We've hit, like, 8,000, 10,000 watch hours in the time period. But we're still just trickling long in subs and it's killing me because i just want to flip this switch get some super chats going some fun emotes all the things that you have here that you've been spoiled by i'm horrified to think of the ways you try to monetize this uh you're basically going to turn it into a glorified only fans account i can already tell we are 11 away i dropped the link down below what did i promise when we hit 1k drunk show on a friday fuck um <laughs> i mean it's flexible yeah. it doesn't have to be right away but we got yeah yeah that was a promise yeah, we're going to have to figure this out with my schedule. But yes, I will I will make good on this um one of these Fridays here. Um God, my schedule is a disaster. We're going to have to figure it out. Actually, we'll get not, creative. That's it, the joy that comes when you subscribe to the Splash Play channel because things are going to get more random, more unpredictable on there, we can say, uh, heading into the football season. So please go do on. that. It doesn't end with best ball for us. We keep going DFS betting all year long for the NFL. But Pete, the training camp news here, and you're going to tell me where the line is of relevance or things to talk about. I think we're going to start with some that'll be pretty easy, definitely ones we'd want to cover. Kareem Hunt demanding a trade from Cleveland, and also without them wanting to trade him, also wants a contract extension that'll pay him according to what he thinks his role is. Uh, you laid it out really well in the fantasy life newsletter why right now it might be a good idea to draft both kareem hunt and Ernest johnson two guys whose roles could take a big jump upwards depending upon how this whole situation breaks down but i feel like you've been beating this drum again another one i'm giving you the credit for you got your isaiah mckenzie's right you got some other guys right about drafting before the the crest really started to happen and he Ernest johnson you've been saying that since i think earlier than anybody even knew that would happen and now it's looking like he actually could be a, a potential second back in cleveland yeah, I'm actually curious because I feel a, a little uh, pot committed and biased on this take. Like you said, I have been hammering Dearness Johnson and sprinkling in more Kareem Hunt than I probably would have otherwise, kind of seeing this on the horizon. With Kareem Hunt going back to practice, you know, my, my take on that too is like, one, Kareem Hunt doesn't want to deal with any fines and stuff that come with missing those training camps and the team has come out and said like you can't miss practice and we know he wants more money so why would you get fined um if that's your thing and also why would you torpedo your trade value and just saying the league hey this is a fire sale we got to get rid of cream hunt so to me nothing is really different even though he returned to practice but am i am i too anchored to my old take do you think that this could just be smoothed over now that he went to practice I think it's something where maybe he goes back and then they save some salary by getting rid of Dearness Johnson somehow. Like, it's not like Johnson's making that much, but I feel like that's the kind of move that makes some sense. Hunt's, I think, clearly got more value, but you pointed out in the Fantasy Life newsletter again, and full credit, Pete writes these things up and sometimes says it in much more eloquent ways than we possibly could on this show. Writing up that last year, according to PFF, Dearness Johnson was probably one of the best pure rushers in the league, according to their grades. Like, I feel like if you're Cleveland, you find a way to get rid of Hunt, but I just don't know who's going to trade for a running back. Like, we know running backs have been devalued now more than ever not just on this show, but in the actual NFL. I don't know who trades for Hunt and then also wants to give him more money. 
Yeah, and the other thing is, I, I realize that trades and stuff are difficult in the NFL, but there's now been reports that both Dearness and Kareem Hunt could be cut candidates. Cut candidates. That was the initial report on Dearness was that he might be on the bubble just because they have so many running backs. You know, Jerome Ford, who they draft in the fourth round, they use uh, that Demetric Felton a little bit as well. Like it is really, really crowded, and it makes sense that one of them would go. So yeah, I, I still am holding. Um, out hope that that something shakes out there. And it's just everything the team has told us so far is that they've been planning for this situation. Another injury that Pete mentioned up top, J.K. Dobbins off the pup list. So I think this should still fit the qualifiers for news. In position to start week one, Gus Edwards apparently a little bit behind in rehab is the exact quote, according to John Harbaugh. I'm a little worried about the Gus Edwards thing, Pete. I was thinking he'd be back before J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins being back, though, like if you're getting him in the 80s as he was getting discounted with that pup list de uh, designation a few weeks ago, I think the spot for J.K. Dobbins, I don't know that I want to start steaming him up much, but I feel like if you get him where he's going ADP-wise right now, uh, I got to feel pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's what? If if this kind of trend continues, he's going to be a fourth round pick, right? I feel like he's going to kind of settle there in the mid fourth, right after James Conner comes off the board, probably around Ezekiel Elliott range would be my guess is where he ends up. So yeah, I would definitely scoop up whatever discounts you still have available. We've already seen the move up on guys like Godwin, you know, Godwin, who is firmly in the mid to late sixth. He's now going off the board in the early fifth round of draft. So you normally have a lag, a little flop lag window here where you have a, about a week or so, maybe a few days before it really kind of rockets up. So yeah, this is the last chance to, to pack your cheap Dobbins bags. Another news item you can't dispute that's important. Injury news from Chicago. Nikhil Harry has a severe ankle injury. While Byron Pringle is also going to miss some time with a quad injury. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown, part of the reason I took him this morning, we take him a little bit. Good rapport in camp so far, getting first team reps with Justin Fields. Uh, he's live, also only 25 years old, Pete. But the Bears wide receiving core, it's pretty much Mooney and Komet and a lot of question marks now. Is there anybody you actually want to take? Well, it's funny, yeah, because of the, I mean, I had been taking Pringle a lot in early drafts and with him banged up, I did, I did have a draft um, earlier where I was looking to round out a Fields double stack. And I took, I think I took Velas Jones. Uh, ESB was not on my radar really at the time. I refused to acknowledge Nikhil Harry. This seems like one of those classic nuggets you bring up that feels very unactionable. You know, Jalen Guyton uh, versus DeAndre Carter-esque. So can we do any better than uh, a Byron Pringle injury news blurb here, Spags? All right, how about the depth chart for the Dallas Cowboys? The Athletics' John Machota reports the likely Cowboys starters at wide receiver from what he's seen at camp going to be C.D. Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, and Noah Brown, despite strong camps out there from Dennis Houston and, of course, splash play, flag plant, T.J. Vasher. <laughs> Cowboys' depth chart, Noah Brown, nobody drafts him, and he's apparently been great all camp, and now no James Washington. Seems like he's going to get some burn. How about... This is me talking to the fantasy gods. How about instead of making us all learn about these random ass Cowboys wide receivers, you guys just get on the phone with Will Fuller's agent, just make it the fuck happen, get Will Fuller in Dallas, and then we can all not do this TJ Vasher shit. Lord, hear my prayer. They have been uh, steadfast that they don't want to add to the receiving core. I think Noah Brown's a guy that should be getting drafted now. I'm still taking some TJ Vasher. Dennis Houston's my one blind spot, but I've heard him a lot on Twitter. And uh, now we're getting flimsier, Pete, but I do have to hit on this guy before we get to the thumbnail. Uh, we have some reports. Je Jahan Dotson actually officially with the first team. Uh, the Athletics Band Standings says that he's one of the strongest conformer or actually cleanest performers in camp is the exact quote, not just among the rookies. Dotson's been working with the first team offense, racking up reps and Curtis Samuels missed sessions. Uh, Dotson, any security for him? I feel like we've been taking him any way and assuming he'd start so probably we're getting close to the cut line of not good news yeah i mean 
I will just say on Dotson, he falls into that bucket and it happens every year where he's like the least sexy of the first round wide receivers who were taken. Last year, it was Kadarius Toney. It's not like these guys have, you know, an absolute 100% hit record, but you really should just be taking these guys because the NFL and these teams have already told us how they feel about them. And at the very least, we know Dotson is going to get opportunity. I know everyone's down on Wentz, yada, yada. I get it. But I've really started to come around on Dotson and think the kind of discrepancy in his price relative to even a guy like Chris Olave doesn't really make a ton of sense. So Dotson's one of those few guys that hasn't really gotten super steamed up. And I mean, the real interesting conversation is like the Tolbert Dotson flippening. I think some guys in the ship chasing discord were talking about this earlier. Maybe it was Karain was talking about, but um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one there. Dotson versus Fuller. We were actually debating that in one of our FFPC main events, but I, I, I want to have some more shares of Dotson. I think I need to, uh, I drafted him in my best ball after dark stream on Saturday night, um, kind of going out of my way after that wide receiver tier just gets wiped out there after Rondell Moore, basically. Yeah, Dotson going to fit what Wentz is doing well in camp, which is not throwing the ball deep. And Dotson probably a little bit better in full-point PPR, I think, than Tolbert, maybe the inverse on a half-point PPR. Okay, the news, Pete, we got to touch on Jalen Hurts. Some reports going around from him. He is the thumbnail guy. Uh, the reports from the Athletics, Bo Wolf and Zach Berman, saying that Hurts has been about as accepted, Wolf said, better than last summer, sharper in the middle of the field, and imperfect in the setting that's not fully conducive to the best parts of his game. Berman says, good description, better than last summer for sure, more decisive, more efficient. He still must be more consistent. I certainly don't think you're leaving practices saying Hurts looked like one of the elite elite quarterbacks pete i feel like this is the cusp of where we're starting to get rumors and innuendo going i feel like it just kind of informs my priors i don't think they're going to want to throw like crazy with hurts but some nice pinpoint throws to aj brown i feel like this is kind of the nothing training camp items that sometimes float around out there the hurt stuff is because it's hurts is actually like the perfect rorschach test for all of this stuff because no one disagrees that he has the tools and the ceiling to just be an elite fantasy asset. And yet there's so many people who think he sucks as just a pure quarterback passer. So you, if you view every single thing he does through that polarized lens, it's like, oh, he makes this incredible athletic play. Or for Jalen Hurts, it's like, oh, top three quarterback season incoming. Or he like makes a bad throw and a bad read. And then you're like, oh, this guy sucks. He's never going to take the leap. He can't be serviceable. So it's just hilarious to read these reports, which do just swing in that direction. Because I've seen the ones too that are like, Hurts missing easy throws. This is going to be a problem. You know, he can't be the franchise quarterback for this team. And then you get the glowing ones. It's like, no shit. It, it, this is going to be the Trey Lance experience. It's going to be the Jalen Hurts experience. There's going to be low lows, but the highs, I think ultimately for fantasy will outweigh those. You're going to be some variance of the throwing for sure. And I think, Pete, this is where you're going to want to draw the cut line, though. I do have some interesting snippets, I think, to go to throughout the show. But uh, ESPN's Brady Henderson, a tweet saying, Seahawks mock game is over. Good, efficient day for Drew Locke while mostly working with the number two offense versus the number one defense. He went 19 for 27 with a touchdown pass and no turnovers. His five drives ended with two touchdowns, a field goal, and two punts. Geno Smith, a paltry, I'll throw in that for myself, a paltry 11 for 20. <laughs> Pete, is that the news line? I can't believe I, this is you're just pushing your your own agenda here. It's funny how there's been like 99, you know, pro Geno Smith blurbs that you don't bring up on the show. I actually have to bring those up. I have to be like, oh, Spags, interesting. You didn't uh, bring that one up. But then there's just like one sliver, an almost indistinguishable nugget about Drew Locke. And you somehow find that and bring that to the forefront. He's looking good. I don't think he's thrown a pick in all of camp so far. I'm excited for Drew Locke, but I think we should hop into the puppy, Pete. I have a few more to throw at you. Apparently, Tyler Conklin moving ahead of the depth chart, but um, Raheem Mostert also shot himself in the foot as a child in kindergarten was one of the athletic pieces really? about Mike McDaniel. I never heard that wow. before. No, I got to look that one up. That one's making the newsletter tomorrow. <laughs> 
No, it's it's a good one. It's actually one up today. Uh, um, profile on Mike McDaniel, which is pretty interesting if you are investing in the Dolphins to know where he's coming. Of course, we are drafting in the puppy right now, an underdog with $1 million in guaranteed prizes on there, 200 k up top. So we're trying to get in while we can. How many entries deep are you on the puppy right now? Uh, puppy, I think, look, I have 17 done, but I've been entering a couple slow drafts a day. So I have some slow drafts going here. I don't know. I'm probably on pace for like 45 or 50. Oops, sorry. My my YouTube of us started playing. I was looking up how many puppies I have. I think I've gotten in 50 so far. Spags, do you watch back our streams? Um, Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I have to watch it for the clips, but I for do the clips, yeah, yeah. just to see. I, I want to know. It's watching game film, Pete. We're trying to see if we can shore some things up, get a little better in pass protection every show. You do, you do like, no offense, you strike me as someone who would watch yourself back. Oh, and I go, great joke, Spags. Really, yeah. <laughs> really worked well with Pete. No, I try to, I, I do. I try to rewatch ours if I can. Sometimes I'll skip around, obviously, because I know when things are. But, you know, you, you got to you gotta know how you're doing, Pete. We don't have the confidence you have. I'm trying to get better every day. It's not the confidence. It's I just don't have the time. Uh, I also don't, I, I don't like watching myself back. That's, fu I, that's funny. I feel that way when I rewatch your streams. <laughs> yeah, says the guy who is desperately trying to get on my stream for a little, uh, Little influencer yeah. clout only to get fucking roasted. <laughs> Reaching everyone knows I love your content, Pete. I can't always fluff you up at every turn. Um, <laughs> other news items we have before we come up in a few picks. Pete shockingly not in the 101. Tyler Clon uh, Tyler Conklin dominating the target share during the scrimmage uh, for the Jets, according to the athletic Zach Rosenblack, has generally made more plays than CJ Ozoma. It'll be interesting to see how the floor splits up reps with him and Ozoma. They're saying in this article on the athletic Pete from again Zach Rosenblatt. Uh, we haven't taken Tyler Conklin at all. Holy cow. What? Look at what happened. Derrick Henry at two. Wow. Cooper Cup falling to six. That's Sorry. crazy. No, Sorry. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I hate to interrupt this CJ Uzoma news blurb. <laughs> Spags actually said, hey, man, I got this really good Uzoma blurb. I think we can use it as clickbait. Let's go. <laughs> let's go with that. I'll try to set it up organically. Remember the the blurb that we had about ZJ Ozoma and uh, Kay Adams at one point? That that did pretty yeah. well for us on Instagram. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. So but, are they Ozoma still dating? Was what was that? Are they still dating? No, I don't think that actually was ever true. Oh, <laughs> it was okay. just something that, that we read and we're like, oh, this, hopefully this is true. I don't think it was at all. Oh, bummer. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just thrilled to the moon. I mean, I saw all the badge bros in here, and I thought, oh man, we're just gonna get the classic gross pick at six. And Cooper Cup at six. I mean, I know we're worried about Matthew Stafford's elbow, but I will take it. It's crazy. Like, I, I saw that Cup now is behind uh, also Jefferson on the ADP and the puppy as well. I, I don't think that should be the case. Like, I think people are just getting a little too cute now. He shouldn't be behind Jefferson and Jason. And I would say definitely not behind Derrick Henry either. Yeah, I mean, I did a, I did an in-person draft uh, yesterday with some Boston guys and, uh, Jefferson went before cup there. So I ended up getting cup at one Oh three. So I do think it's trending in that direction. And I was always kind of surprised, like early in the off season, I was like, Jefferson chase, I'll take either. Don't, don't really have a strong take on this. The market has clearly decided it prefers Jefferson over chase. And I think the, the cup flipping here is probably pretty close to happening with this Stafford stuff. Well, you were kind of down on Jefferson a little, right? Or you were down on, on KJ Osborne relative to the Vikings offense. But I feel like if yeah. you're down on that part of the passing offense, like you should be a little bit more down on Jefferson than the field's treating him right now. No, because I think Jefferson in that offense has the potential to be extremely concentrated. And I think Jefferson 
you know, clearly has the profile to just approach a massive, you know, target share, you know, a 30 plus percent target share. So I just don't really get the Osborne stuff outside of contingent value. Um, I, I just don't, I don't really get it. This is, we're coming up in a second here. This is a crazy one from Alex Berg, 26% cup and hasn't taken him higher than four. That seems like that shouldn't be happening, but good for your cup exposure, I guess. Yeah. And let's see. So in this one, because you get a sliding cup, like I don't want to take him with Hill or Higgins because there's tons of other teams that have that. So like you want to take in the in the in the puppy, I think the cup Barkley teams are going to be far more unique. I don't mind Barkley. Barkley getting a lot of the training camp hype, certainly being juiced. I think by some of these headlines out there, running a lot, pass catching routes for him in addition to just looking healthy, which is a positive. Um, so I know you've been a Barkley drum beater. I'm happy to get some exposure through you here. Yeah, although I guess Barkley, yeah, sliding a little bit. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that has to be pretty unique. This is a nice discount, honestly. I like it. Yeah. Um, so other news that we had going on training camp wise, so the Raheem Mostert thing, I'm just going to read this blurb out loud from the Mike McDaniels profile today, the athletic, if you want to check that out for yourselves, it said Raheem Mostert thought he was going to run for 2,500 yards last season. Math. You've got to touch mythology here for a second, who had a tour de force showing on Friday, Pete, I kept him limited to an hour there, but he came with a sheet, came with some 69 jokes. Mythology lived up to the hype. I was, I, I, I'm not saying anything bad. Like I, it was almost eerily quiet after that stream. I didn't see a lot of stuff. And I was like, was stuff getting scrubbed? Was there so much that you swore everyone to secrecy? I had been looking for kind of a TLDR on what went down on that stream. Well, there was, it honestly was just like a quick and dirty stream. We hit our notes. We got out of there because I was trying to you know, get done everything I had to vacation wise. And uh, we ended up leaving Friday night instead of Saturday morning. Uh, so like I, I was happy to get it out there, Pete, but it's tough to promote NFL wags content. Like we both, like I work for football outsiders. You, you work for fantasy life. Like we, we have things we, we are doing in the hopper right now. Like it's tough to get too behind pushing NFL wags content, even if I'm happy to let that thumbnail and the show with the mythology stand on its own kind of two legs. Yeah, I, uh, I could, I've, clearly you were, you were sheepish about it. I went to, I did laugh when I saw the thumbnail because you were, I asked you what you were going to go with on the thumbnail and you're like, no, nah, I'm going to keep it classy. And then I go and it's like hot wags, <laughs> but I didn't put my own face on it this time. It's Josh Allen and Debo Samuel with their respective yeah. uh, significant others. Yeah. After, after this pick, we could go look at this thumbnail because it made me laugh. <laughs> what a teaser. Yeah. It's, it's quite the thumbnail. I did the best I could. All right. I will, uh, I will let you have this pick because you, okay. you're not going to like what I'd do. I feel like you would take Alvin Kamara here. I would take one of the Chargers. It seems like we Mike out. Oh, Mike Williams got scooped. I would take I, Ian Allen here for the correlation. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I will also say, again, like thinking through uniqueness, how many Barkley Cup Pitts teams do we think there are? Yeah, look, you don't have to tempt me with a good time. I'll take Kyle Pitts too. Let's take <laughs> Pitts, fine. man. Yeah. God, Pitts is so fun to draft. I, I actually looked at my puppy exposures because I, I feel like I've been getting some weird draft rooms. I have 40% Darren Waller in the puppy right now across 50 entries. 40%? Yeah, because wow. I'm getting them everywhere. Yes. I don't hate it. I, I know. Like, I, I have so much Pitts and BBM, so that's why it reminded me. But yeah, you can see the thumbnail on the screen. NFL wags. You got to keep it short and punchy as the great salvation. This is this is the classic thing. You're overstuffing this thumbnail. There's way too much going on here. I don't mind the wags, but then get rid of one of the players and slide her over so she's not obstructed by the text. You see see mine up here, Spec. See how simple 
and clean they are. And then we look at yours and like, they're just this chaotic fever dream of a thumbnail. I mean, this is like, you're going to give our viewers schizophrenia. Can, can you chill out with these well, thumbs? The best, if you scroll down a little bit, the most viewed video is my, one of my zero RB ones. And it's like, uh, which one is that? It might be up a little bit. Uh, no, this one up. here. Yo, yo, why I never draft RBs? Yeah, that's cluttered too. And it, it's, and it's no. crushing relative to the others. This one does a little bit better though, because at least everyone is clearly visible here. It's still way too much. It's, mm, I like the text. I like the why I never draft RBs. I just wish there wasn't so much going on behind it. Like, I get it. It's, you know, different strokes for different folks. Pete and I are having a thumbnail <laughs> war right now coming up. I might, I don't know, Pete, if, if I'm doing the thumbnails, it's going to be more of my cluttered bullshit. <laughs> Here's the thing. I feel like, you know, the, oh, we're on the clock and about okay. to time out here. Oh no. Um, Take a wide receiver, please. Allen Robinson yep. uh, or Deontay Johnson? Allen Robinson. Should we stack him up? Yep. All right. Who, who, let me get back. Thumbnails are far more interesting to me right now than this draft. Here's this is what it seems like, Spax. It's like you know all the ingredients that go into a thumbnail. It's like you read a post and you're like, these 100 things can help improve your thumbnails. And instead of just choosing a couple of those, you said, what if I did all 100 of them in one thumbnail? You just got to pick from the bucket, Spags. Put them all in your arsenal. Well, I, it's also tough, too, because I feel like I've been trying to embrace the, okay, put your face in the thumbnails because then people, you know, associate it more. Put your It's also your face making a reaction that they should theoretically get from the video. So that's something else that I learned from my YouTube optimization searches. Uh, but no, like, yeah, I just want to make my sales pitch. I'm actually stuck. Like, you might remember the old Splash Play thumbnails if you are a longtime viewer here, where I'd put a shitload of words on there. It'd be like, week one NFL DFS preview. And also, uh, Ian Harden comes on the show. <laughs> it's like, I've gotten better with that part. But I just want people to get all the information in my head in the thumbnail and that that is something i i can admit it's probably a little bit of a weakness maybe i'm not, glad maybe you not admitted one, though, based on the views you know views, views and look probably. if we're all you know looking deep with inside our soul and doing some self introspection maybe i'm too much of a minimalist with my thumbnails maybe i could be doing a little bit more spags maybe there's a goldilocks zone in between us and we both need to meet in the middle have you gotten us our pal Sal Vetri? And to be clear, when we talk about Sal on the show, it's entirely out of love because Sal's one of my favorite people. His YouTube thumbs now are just like straight. We talked about it on the show, but it's one word. It's like cheat, football, draft, don't. <laughs> it's like, well, it's because it, that's what works. Yeah. It's just what works. It's crazy. So NFL wags. <laughs> it's, we got that going for us. I love we're, we're turning the entire chat into thumbnail thought leaders now. We're back on the clock here. Um, this is too many Rams. I can't do can't. Oh, let's do let's do Godwin. Yeah, I like Godwin. Wait, where are your target? I saw you were talking about this on the Best Ball Breakfast. Your target numbers? Where is that like a brick so, simulation thing or what? That's a brick thing. Um, okay. he just put in that's the green. He basically for Brian because he's still like Brian doesn't know all these players, so he's just like I want to just tail a basket of drafters. So I think he put my exposures, Justin Hertzig's in there, Davis's, Karain's. I bet I'll toss yours in there. Uh, if you'd like. Um, and then he kind of drafts off that. And I kind of just like having it in there because as like a benchmark for something I look at, like, oh, my peers are 3% higher on Cam Akers than I am. It's just kind of an interesting. Then you see, oh, I'm right in line on Amon Ra or, oh, I'm actually lower than on Kyler than those mm -hmm. guys. I kind of, it's just kind of a good sanity check for me. 
I like that. Of course, that is a brick HUD that Pete talks about a lot on Lowell's with Brian Hooper, one of the top DFS players in the world. You can get it at brick75.com, and it's worthwhile uh, to get your exposure for it. See, a lot of people talking about both that and the spike week overlay um, being something that they can't draft without now, which I think is – I still draft a lot on my phone, Pete, and I do feel like you miss a little bit of an edge not having that on your screen at all times. Yeah. No, it is uh... – yeah, when when you're on desktop, it is just the way to go. But it is it is tough uh, just because Underdog makes it so enjoyable to draft on your phone and so easy that. Uh, but that's what's the nice thing too. It's like I don't necessarily need to see my exposures on every single draft I do. So actually, it's kind of a good mix um, when I'm doing. And honestly, because we're more distracted when we do streams, I find the information to be more handy highlighting the stack candidates just because I'm trying to do more. Like when you're just focused on a draft on your phone, it's a little easier to be plugged in. So it's nice to have that that extra information here. So we got a pick coming up in a little bit here. I feel like our construction's pretty solid. We're pretty much locked into getting Matthew Stafford at some point, I would think. But what else are you trying to do at QB? Um, I would definitely be willing to take Kurtz here if he falls to us. Um, we also have Brady with Godwin. Um, so yeah, this could be more like a mid tier QB build as opposed to a, an elite tier one, but I still don't mind, uh, gobbling up hurts if he's here. Also, Josh Frick in the chat pointing out Pete with zero Demont. Have you ever addressed why you refuse to draft Dave Montgomery? Cause I feel like I see it all the time and I don't know if you've ever said it out loud. <laughs> I know people ask, Hey, on, let's do this pick. Yeah. Do you want to, I mean, I feel like pairing hurts with one of Stafford or Brady, um, or if you want to try to push it. I mean, let's just real quick look Brady at 85 and Stafford at 104. We're going to have picks at 79, 90 and one, or sorry, 91 and 102. Do you want to, who we would you want to take? It's going to be tough to stack them up because we're not going to get Devonta, but I, I don't mind taking Hertz. Okay. He's on the thumbnail. I mean, we feel like you got you're it. right. I put him on the thumbnail. I was just trying to think because the ADP pockets fall for us in a range where we could reliably get Brady Mm. and Stafford if we wanted to push it, but there was no, it wasn't like a Drake London was kicking around, you know, that made it hard. There was, there was no one else I really wanted there. So tell me your Montgomery take. Cause I actually, I have some other stuff that you, you sparked in my brain, but I want to make sure we get this out. Cause the people have to be curious. They see that on the screen. So it's like three or four factors all converging at once. So the first factor is I don't like David Montgomery. I think a lot of his ADP is still held up by his massive finish a couple seasons ago where the schedule was insane. He was like actually a guy people were cutting in season long leagues in that season. And then he had the easiest wrestling schedule and just absolutely popped off. I think it's also because I really like Kyle Herbert. I think he's going to steal more work from him. We already have smoke there with David Montgomery doing some stuff on special teams. It feels very Josh Jacobs esque to me as far as kind of like where he's trending. And I think he's a, he's a fake bell cow here in in this range on top of that if i was taking running backs in this range like jk dobbins i much prefer to him Brees hall was going side by side with him for a lot of the early drafting window and then that's if i was taking a running back which i rarely was and this is also just the goldmine spot for these wide receiver breakouts and elite quarterbacks you know guys like rashad bateman uh drake london and then all the quarterbacks so it's like three or four factors just all converging and then the final one is it does seem like Backs like Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson, who are also going around him, they would tend to fall in drafts. Like they would go 10 to 15 and I would feel like I could get a deal on them. And so I would scoop the value. Montgomery never seemed to fall. Like I was never looking at Montgomery, like 16 picks after ADP and being like, fine, I'll get a Montgomery share. There's always one Montgomery guy in a draft. So those are all the reasons I think I've ended up with 0% David Montgomery.
Okay. I think you made a compelling case as somebody who has a lot of Khalil Herbert, not a lot of David Montgomery. I support all the takes you gave there. Um, the idea of them even being close to 50% share, like that's really been my thesis for all the zero RB builds I've done this year is that I think we're going to see a lot more committee backfields. I think you're going to see a lot more vulturing this year. I just think the bell cow back era is dead. And that's sort of the bet that I'm willing to make for this year, whether I'm right or wrong, we'll find out. Um, but I think everything you're saying about Montgomery, like the tea leaves don't seem great along with the new coaching staff. Like you just can't trust what happened in the previous regimes and not like it was working out that well for him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I mean, yeah, there are people talking about too. I didn't even mention, you know, the bears uh, going to suck here as well. Just not a lot of talent there. You know, a guy like David Montgomery, at least with Josh Jacobs, you can tell yourself a story of, Hey, they're going to be in the red zone a ton and he's going to have lots of goal line opportunities. I, I can buy that. That's a tougher sell you know, with, with David Montgomery and this bears offense. I mean, there's massive just implosion risk with this team. I, I really want Justin Fields to take the jump. I think he has the skills to, but I don't think it should surprise anyone if the bears are like a four win team. Yeah. I also don't love the receivers getting hurt. Like they really already didn't have guys, but maybe a Will fuller spot. If you want to talk about that, uh, where do we go here? I, I don't want to do the Miles Sanders stack again, if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> uh, no, I don't really want to do that either. This is a this is a gross spot where I might just be willing to go Christian Kirk upside. Yeah, let's do Christian Kirk. Although he got hurt today. Oh, did he? Uh oh. Well, at least he's got Ozzy Osgood to nurse him back. Let's I'm just I'm just going rogue. I'm just grabbing Sky Moore way ahead of ADP. <laughs> when in when in doubt, default to your <laughs> Your old fallback Sky Moore always waiting for you. Uh boy, his ADP is back up again, huh? Okay. No, it's back up because I just took him 16 picks ahead of ADP. Oh. That, yeah. All right. The chat telling me he rolled his ankle. He's all right. All I needed was Christian Kirk rolling his ankle to set up the LaVisca pick late. So that was the thesis there. Oh, well. Well, you got Sky Moore. I think you're never going to begrudge. What's your Sky Moore exposure? I didn't see that on the screen. Mm, honestly, probably not that. Uh, 15%. Okay. You're double the field. Yeah, but again, look at our 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 cohort here at fourteen percent. But that's going to be very skewed by by me, Davis, and Karade there. Man, I know my puppy exposures are absolutely insane. Like my best ball mania is all very reasonable. My puppy ones, I feel like I'm ending up in a lot of the same pockets and making the same bets and doing things that I've been trying to not do all season long. Pete, I'm now doing every single time in the puppy. I'm actually going to check my exposures. I will say, Spags, though, we will will be forced to take Miles Sanders at this pick oh no i like gainwell more i mean i know the reports are now coming up heavy gainwell but i've been taking gainwell all year i've not been taking miles sanders yeah but once once gainwell or uh sorry sanders starts to slip past adp here and we have hurts and it's gonna be hard um uh, i guess we can we can target goddard too but we need to think through this if we are taking stafford which i think we need like goddard at 98 and stafford at 104 we're really gonna only have i think we probably have to reach we need to decide. I think if we want both Goddard and Stafford, we need to take one of them now is what I'm okay. trying to say. I would take Goddard person. Actually, no, it's over Stafford. We got to take Stafford. We can't not take Stafford. Um, But I think I'm just the, saying... The Rams double stack? I guess, all right, yeah. If the room wants to snipe us, if someone wants a Matthew Stafford who literally has one arm right now and you have no stack with him, go with God. Yeah, that arm sounded pretty bad. Nobody would want to draft him. Pitcher's elbow on a quarterback? That's not going to be good, I think. Uh, yeah, don't, don't take him, guys, is what I'd say. Pete, do you want to family feud my top five uh, puppy three exposures? Because I think, um, well, I already told you one of them, but were you paying attention when I told you my number one guy? Um, no, I wasn't paying attention. 
Uh, number one would be a Las Vegas pass catcher uh, playing at the tight end position. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Darren Waller. Yeah, that makes Darren sense. Darren Waller, 41.5%. Number two, the the People's Cooper Cup in Indianapolis. Um. Oh, wait. Alec Pierce? <laughs> Alec Pierce. 36% Alec Pierce for me. Wow. How does that well, happen? He's too cheap. He goes in the 180s, 190s sometimes, so I just take him wherever I can get him. Number three for me, uh, leverage against a top receiver, Pete, is uh, in the puppy for me. Guy, I have it 36%. Um... Third top receiver. I feel like you love, you draft a lot of Drake London. T Higgins is my T. leverage Higgins, against okay. Demar Chase. Yeah. Cause I get it less Demar Chase in the puppy for whatever reason. So I have 36% T Higgins, uh, the Niners receiver who I'm actually worried about a lot. Now, uh, he's my number four at 32%. This, this fucking asshole. How did Spags? There was a team from the one hole named Rams 99. How did no one point this out to me? He should have taken John Wolford. God, what did he, this is disgusting. Pittman, John, I knew it. I knew it. God damn it. Rams it 99. One, it's one of those things that happens more in these. I feel like the, as the rooms are getting less experienced, you're finding guys do stuff like that, where it's like you're getting sniped from everywhere because they don't know to stack up the QBs. Uh, so that's something I would advise to be cautious of. And we were not cautious of. Um, I like Chase Edmonds here, but I think we're a little behind at wide receiver. I think Chase Claypool looks nice. Yeah, for talent this- is it number five guy that works. Give especially that we took Sky Moore as a number six receiver. We took him as our number four. No, shut up. Stop it. Stop <laughs> um, it. You guys are four- giving this guy way more credit. Uh, you guys thinking this guy's galaxy braiding is backdoor stack. There's no way. My number four, I'm, I'll just close out. My number four exposed player, Debo Samuel, 32%. And number five, a true zero RB play, Devin Singletary. I have it 30% in the puppy right now with 53 entries in. Wow. Have you have you been taking him over James Cook or have you been splitting those at all? Trying to split them, but I feel like Singletary falls below ADP more than Cook. Yeah, Cook, I have it 6% in the puppy. So a lot more Singletary is my bet. Okay. Which is not the bet the news is giving you right now. It definitely feels like it's more Cook or even Zach Moss, but I'll, I'll keep taking Singletary. Yeah, I I like both of them. Um, I do. One thing I've noticed is like in true zero RB teams, I definitely like Singletary just because I feel pretty confident about his role out of the gate. And I think he's going to be able to get you those, those points early on in the season while you're waiting for some chaos to kick in for the rest of your picks. Whereas like if I do the thing where I do say a hyper fragile or a double anchor, then I'm not as interested in Singletary as my first of those bills. Like I'd prefer cook in that scenario. Like I'll do a lot of cook Rashad white or Spiller as like my fourth running back in a hyper fragile build and just be done with just the idea being like, let me take the biggest possible swing here. And if one of these rookie running backs can have an Alvin Kamara like rookie season in an elite offense, like that's who I'm targeting as my, as my fourth running back in those builds. Okay. I, I think that makes sense. Um, so people are asking too, the thing that I was teasing about Debo Samuel, what has got me worried about Debo? Um, now what if AU cause this year's Debo, I'm worried about Brandon AU, like all the headlines about he's looking like a monster. Like even if Debo comes down to like a 1100 yard receiver and then, you know, 400 rushing, he's just not the same player at where he is. And I don't have enough AU. So I have so much Debo in best ball mania too, that like, I'm now deeply overexposed to Debo, and I'm feeling what Brick was talking about on Lulz with you, Pete, where I want more Ayuk, and I can't get him because he's getting drafted so highly everywhere now, and I totally missed the discount. Yeah. Yeah, that's a 
Okay, it's so funny we just had this conversation uh, because now okay. we're in uh, the the middling of that. I, I think I prefer I think I prefer cooks here. Or cook. Yeah, I would say Cook. I mean, I think if you're talking the Week 17 stuff that you're always uh, pitching the most in, in a smart way, like Cook is the guy who could probably matter the most then. if uh, Even if the Bills aren't playing for anything, it could still be Cook out there getting a lot of work. And again, not that this is the end-all be-all, but the way we've seen rookie running back hype really drive ADP, you know, Zamir White, Isaiah Pacheco, really moving up draft boards, I think it would take a lot less for James Cook to move up two rounds than it would for Devin Singletary. Like, Devin Singletary is only moving up if if Cook gets hurt. Where if we start to get really positive training camp reports about James Cook, like drafters will react accordingly very, very fast and, and push him up. So, you know, if you're kind of breaking ties, just knowing that the rookie has a greater chance to ri- rise in ADP, that's just how underdog drafters are. Um, that's kind of another tiebreaker. If you're watching live right now, make sure you hit the like button here. It helps Peach channel out a bunch. Also helps out the Splash Play channel a bunch. Make sure you subscribe to the Splash Play channel as well because this show will be on there exclusively starting with the NFL season. So go subscribe at youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play pod or just search Splash Play and you'll find it. But go subscribe over there. And uh, I, I really hope we're going to leave this show and I'll have a thousand subs on there. And then I could be like, oh, we're monetized. And we'll be making ones and ones of dollars per video on there. Spags, um, I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about this and I was like, fuck, my Friday schedule is a mess. I have an idea. Uh-huh. I have an idea. This is the idea. Okay. We're going to find a Thursday over mm-hmm. these next few weeks. And we're going to do a back-to-back stream. We, this is what we're going to do. We are going to do a randomizer and you are going to be my guest Ooh. or sorry, we're going to, sorry, we're going to do the splash play first. We're going to get <laughs> drunk and we're going to do the splash play. And then we're going to roll right into back-to-back randomizer. So drunk splash play draft followed by drunk randomizer draft. We'll figure out the details, but I think that's going to be the play. Okay, so we are now four subs away on the Splash Play channel. So if we don't hit it right now, I mean, well, honestly, it's just because then people don't want to see me ruin the randomizer, I guess. <laughs> That'd be the reason why. Yes. Um, oh, this is a nice spot here. Spiller or Rashad White. We want to break it in favor of correlation here with Spiller. Uh, I love Spiller. I'm always down to take Spiller, though. It is worth pointing out, Josh Kelly getting first team work for some reason, even though it feels like he's a completely forgotten man. And he feels like he's worth a few 18th round flyers. But I still prefer Spiller because I think he can be like they invested pretty high draft capital in him. Um, The chat is excited about this idea. So I know Will is I knew Spags is trying to play it cool, but I know he's really excited. We did it. One guy. (laughs) Confetti. Wait, where's the? I have a noisemaker here. Hold on. 1K. Oh, did we hit 1K? Wow. Let's see it here. Hang on. We're going to go. This is going to be like, you know, when in the movie Facebook, when they're like counting their users on their, on the board or whatever. <laughs> and this is, so I'm, I haven't refreshed yet. So I see it at 994. We refresh. 1K subs. Time to monetize. Add, 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 add. It only took three years. <laughs> we, did we finally decided we should actually try to get subs and we did it. Woo. Thank you guys. Actually, that's this is very exciting. I, I feel like we've accomplished something, even though we are now fractional amounts of the fantasy flock. <laughs> hey, Jason, we're all kind of celebrating the show and us. Let's no one gives a fuck about getting sniped on Spiller. Will we snipe that guy Spiller? <laughs> fuck do- you, Jason. Let's do some congratulations all around. Um, we couldn't have been here without our accountant, Willis, who's been with us since the beginning, tracking our bets, our ride, our dies. Willis, thank you for all your support over these years. 
Wow, what a moment. I'm, I hope all you guys realize you are part of history here. The first 1,000 out of 100,000, a million to come, Pete, I'm sure. It's all going to be easy. <laughs> oh, look at this. Nick, who's a VIP on my channel, I can see without his badge. It's because he switched over to the Splash Play channel to comment. Shout out, Nick. Nick is skating to where the puck's going to be, not where it's at. You got to appreciate that. <laughs> Nick was also asking about some of my my beta uh, drafting, I think he was saying, in the best ball breakfast draft. I have some logic to justify the reasons I did some of those picks, which I think we can hit on after we pick here. But I think I made some smart moves in that room, and I actually that's one of the favorite teams I've had within the last like couple weeks. Wait, the team you drafted this morning is one of your favorite teams? I, I can tell you why. I can tell you why after we make no, the No, I don't care. I, I <laughs> You care? Uh, you care. No. <laughs> hey, God, let's just figure this out. Okay. Um, I will say if we want Gainwell, he's probably not coming back. Yeah, I like Gainwell. I mean, I, I, we didn't take Miles Sanders, thank God. So I think Gainwell's the pick. Can't wait for Miles Sanders to shove it down all you training camp news slappies throats. <laughs> Did you see that the guy, uh, the guy that I think there were some critiques of uh, Elliot Shores Park was saying he thinks that the Eagles are going to trade for a running back, which would be the most tilting but illogical thing that could possibly no. happen. No, yeah, like that that would be absolutely absurd. Well, the, the logic was that I think they've made some trades for running backs in the last few years in the early season, like the Jay Ajayi trade was a couple years ago in like October. I don't know. It'd be a weird spot for Kareem Hunt, but the Eagles do weird things sometimes, so it wouldn't shock me. Do you have a pet? <laughs> no, I haven't seen this handle in a while. <laughs> Peter Overs pet. Thank you. <laughs> Just confusing branding there. Um, so part of the logic why I took Joe Burrow today early was a that I was being bounty hunted on a stream, so you got to adjust accordingly. Then <laughs> the second part was I realized I'm not getting a lot of Joe Burrow and Russell Wilson together now, so I like that double stack. I also knew I wanted to reach for Hamler, so like I think for me where I, where I am in my best ball mania exposure, I'm on like 110 drafts. I'm just trying to do some weird things out of pocket, so. I think I made good late round picks like St. Brown, Ty Montgomery guys are on the upswing. That could be a little more valuable than they seem right now. I think I got unique so I could take on the chalk stacks. Didn't get Gabe Davis with my, my Bengals guys got Singletary again at a value. So I don't know. Like, I feel like I got all the week 17 correlations for sure. I have a guy that you took this morning that I believe is still on the board um, that I'm going to pound the table for here. Um, okay. I think you took him much earlier in the draft. He is still available. Let's play it a little coy. I mean, I think I know who you're saying, but yeah, I support it. He is a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. He is, his name rhymes with Smay J Famler. <laughs> I think, I think he should be uh, firmly in this range and probably a top. Like I, I prefer Hamler. I think of all these guys ab above him right now. So this is something I was going to ask you earlier too. Like I love Hamler like, and sometimes he'll go in the one forties, one thirties even. And I'm like, fuck, I can't get Hamler here. And that happens at enough drafts for me now where I have been reaching for him a little bit, but I think he is in position. Like we both have liked him a lot. I don't see how he doesn't run 40 routes a game, 50 routes a game because the Broncos have nobody else. And like, I, he's good. And like, he just hasn't gotten snaps and he's been hurt. But like, I think he could be the guy that breaks the top off. I think worst case scenario, he's like David Moore uh, was for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson previously. Yeah. The biggest knocks on Hamler before everything were one, he's not going to be on the field in three wide receiver sets because Tim Patrick is there and Tim Patrick's good. And two, he is coming off the injury and hasn't been fully healthy. Those were the fair knocks. Well, Tim Patrick's done for the season and Hamler was actually back at practice today, 
already getting mm-hmm. some some runs. So, like you said, we know Hamler is good. He's been incredibly efficient with his targets. He's been an incredible deep threat. Now you get one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the league, and he's on the field every play. I mean, wheels up uh, here for KJ Hamler. Did you give a bump to Cortland Sutton at all? Because I kind of think he should go around where Pittman goes now, like firmly. And I actually take him ahead of the Chargers guys sometimes, just get different. But like, I like Sutton a lot because my main concern with him was that, uh, you know, a lot of what Patrick's done, oh, Tim Patrick would have done, is pretty similar to what Sutton does. But now without Patrick, like, I think we talked about it, but like all these guys get a boost. But I feel like Sutton to me and Hamler are guys that like I'm willing to kind of go out of my way for because they could be huge. Yeah. Hang on. Let's talk through. I mean, I will say this chat definitely agreed or this draft definitely agreed with your logic Sutton at 26, Jerry at 34. That seems rich to me. I still very much prefer DJ Moore to Sutton. I prefer, I guess it's getting close. I do, I do think he's like a firm back end of round three value right now. Um, should be going right around Waddle, mm. which is, is kind of where he's gone. Um, we should think about our second quarterback plan here. I think Michael Carter is a, a nice fifth running back. We can probably be done if we draft Carter. I have no issue with Carter. I mean, I was taking him at much higher ADPs. I think nothing training camp wise has scared me off. Brees Hall looks better. Like we got to say that, but obviously the ADPs are where they are. Um, where Carter, I think in, you know, bad game scripts for the jets, will probably be out there more with just, I think that's how it's gotta be. Yeah. Here's the thing about, I, I am not out on Rojo, but I can just feel his ADP going to be dropping more and more over the, over the next week or so. This Isaiah Pacheco steam is coming in hot. So that's my thing where it's like, I I'm in a barbell, my Ronald Jones. I drafted him at a pricey price tag and I'm going to skip out on this middle tier. And I do think he's going to continue to slide. Someone in my draft this morning said they had gotten Rojo around like what? 160, 165. Um, or maybe that's even later than this. Uh, maybe, Oh, they said 170. So, I mean, if those discounts are coming, I might wait for his ADP to settle there. So that's why I took Pacheco this morning was Rojo kept waiting there. And I'm like, there's nobody else on the board. I like, I have so much Rojo. I think I have over 20% Rojo overall across my, you know, all the tournaments on underdog and certainly including DraftKings. I'm probably way over that. So like I have enough Rojo now where I think I should reach for Pacheco just to balance it out. Cause I've gotten some McKinnon gotten some CEH, probably not enough, but I feel like Pacheco, like if he flips Rojo, like then I made the right choice is what I hoped. So I think hopefully that justifies my logic and, and Pete's morning stream a little bit more. Like I thought Pacheco, Pacheco over Rojo. Like if you're going to do it here and there, I think you should. Um, yeah. Keep, keep defending all those selections. We're all listening. I just thought um, gone. Everybody takes these guys and I want to make sure I get some of them. Like dubs. He was going so early now and it's impossible to get them. All right. Let's think through our, our plan at quarterback here. Spags. Okay. Um, so as far as stacks go, like the super, I think this could this could be a three quarterback build where we get a guy like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and then tack on either a Kenny Pickett or Mariota or Ritter late with Pitts. But we are starting to run out of. I mean, like, do you want to try to set up like a Corey Davis and Will Fuller because we have Carter? Yeah, Corey Davis I think would work, and and Wilson would be would be fine by me. And um. I like Mariota. Like, I think you should start taking Mariota more. Like, he's getting a lot of nice articles about him where, like, they love this guy. Like, Derrick Henry was on the the Bussin' with the Boys podcast. It was like, everybody loves Mariota. Like, they want to play better for him. And, like, you know, for Derrick Henry to be saying that, I don't value him as a running back, but I value his stakes on his former quarterbacks. I think Mariota, to me, should be getting drafted more regularly. Like, there's a nice story to be had with Mariota if the Falcons are even passable. And that's what we're doing. We're not trying to win $2 million. We're just trying to just really enjoy nice stories, you know, 
the kid who had his what was what was the moster? What was the moster, Danny? Oh, so, yes, yeah, so I'll read the moster one. Yeah, as part of the Mike McDaniel's profile on the Athletic, where he moster thought he was going to run for twenty five hundred yards last season. If his story is a guide, his comeback will be grand. He once shot himself in the foot literally at some point between diapers and kindergarten. Moster got his hands on his father's gun and he accidentally fired it at his toe. In the NFL moster's been cut six times. McDaniel's sure of one thing: moster will give it all he all that he has. I always count counters return whatever from whatever hardship in a better version. Mike McDaniel says so shot in the foot. Pete has rallied from it, but also thought he was going to run for 2000 yards last year. So this year, can he run for 1500? If so, great pick. I still maintain that Moster would have been the smash of all smashes last year. If he stayed healthy. Um, yeah, I really I do think he was going to have a monster year. I like Mostert. Like I, I had to take some Sony Michelle. I took too much Mostert early in BBM, and then he kind of has fallen down enough where he's super cheap. I think he was going in the one sixties at that point. I was just taking him on the regular. So I've have enough Mostert to cover my ass for the year. But like, if anybody's gonna break out their feel good story with a coach who loves him, and you know, again, he got shot in the foot as a kid, so he could overcome anything at that point. It's true. Uh, I mean, Willis points out the team that that we had finishing top 10 oh, that right. uh, lost Raheem Mostert on the, the first half of the first game of the season. Um, yeah, it, it, what could have been? What could have been? Uh, let's see. We are about to be on the clock. Zach Wilson does follow us. I think he is the perfect QB2 in this build mm -hmm. with our... And then, so we're at a 2572. Um, the real question is, do we feel... I like always, I think it's close here. If we want to go three QBs or nine wide receivers, we're obviously adding one more wide receiver for sure. Probably Quez Watkins. The question is what do we value more like Mariota with Pitts, going for that unique stack angle, or do we think the wide receivers are good enough here to justify a nine wide receiver build over a three quarterback build? So you know who's a guy that I don't take at all, but I think with the Brian Edwards injury, maybe should get drafted a little bit. And our pal Ian Hardens, who's on the randomizer last week, if you didn't watch that episode with Pete, you should. Uh, Auden Tate is on Atlanta, and like if we want to get that double stack late, a nice Tate and and Mariota to flesh us out could get us there. So we only have two more picks, though. So then you would, I think I prefer Quez to Tate. Yeah, but you took, I mean, I don't know if I buy into Quez. I feel like if anybody's going to suffer because of all the reports about them not wanting to air it out with Hertz, like, I think it's Quez. Like, I think A.J. Brown gets there, Goddard gets there. But like, Quez then becomes kind of really boom-bust start throw guy. Well, I think Quez already is going to be a boom-bust guy, um, but I think he's going to be used more as the deep threat. You know, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, I think, are going to work way more underneath and then not that those guys don't have it in their range to, but I think they're going to use Quez more as a lid lifter. And then you just have contingent value too. If AJ, because like, think about it this way, when we use that logic of, all right, in what stories, what narratives does this Jalen hurts team get there? Well, we don't have AJ Brown or Devonta Smith. And so if we're relying on Goddard and the run game, like who would be the other big beneficiary in a hurt smash year, if we don't yeah. have AJB, and Smith, quite, probably yeah. one of those guys gets hurt in that scenario. Yeah, I feel like this is a weird, like one where, you know, A.J. Brown gets his yardage, Devonta Smith gets his yardage, and then Gainwell and, and Goddard and Hurts clean up all the touchdowns. But if you want to go with Eagles triple stack, I won't stop you on your account. Thank you. You can't stop me. I'm unhinged. I had three iced coffees and a Fiesta salad that I haven't finished. You cannot stop me. 
loves everybody out there. I hope you find somebody who loves you as much as Pete loves a guy who's on the thumbnail because Jalen Hurts getting a triple stack, probably pretty unique lineup build. I don't think that happens very often for for what the is Hertz my BDM three exposure. Yeah, I'm I'm only I'm slightly above field at ten point two percent, but it does feel like I've been drafting him a lot. Um, he doesn't fall to me very often at all, which is weird. Like I I just never get access to Hurts. He's always gone by the time I'm ready to draft a QB. So let's talk this out. This is this has been the spot I found myself in a lot of drafts where I have like one elite quarterback, let's say it's Burrow, Hertz, or Lance, and then I have another kind of punt QB2. It's generally a Wilson, Mac Jones, or Goff. And then I'm here debating between an eight and nine wide receiver build or a third quarterback. And, you know, sometimes if I really need that extra stack to round out, I'll, I'll go the wide receiver direction. But I have found myself going with the three QB build in this spot a lot simply because I'm looking at these wide receivers. And I like a couple of these guys, David Bell, Tyquan Thornton, guys I think could potentially break out. But for the most part, I just am really having a hard time seeing the upside here and just generally have been valuing this idea of having a third unique stack in this underdog kind of playoff structure here and gravitating to a Mariota or a picket. So like with all that said, where, where are you falling for this specific team and that kind of situation in general? I guess it won't matter now because Mariota gets scooped, but I, you could talk me in that because I think it's a true luxury pick here where it doesn't make sense to take more running backs. Cause we, we took Barkley pretty early there. So I'm fine with five. I, I do think that at this point, maybe reaching for one of your Taekwon Thornton guys that could bubble up or again, I will beat the drum for equanimity St. Brown. I think he's in a nice spot. It's only 25. Like they got to throw the ball somewhere and he's shown a good end zone nose so far for the bears in their camp. Um, but that said, like I probably would have taken Mariota there. Like I like the Mariota pits thing just because I don't think Ritter is going to start like enough this year to be meaningful. And Mariota well, winning the job, like seems logical. I, you can say enough, but again, the whole thesis behind the three quarterback play yeah. is having a unique stack in week 17. So that's why I don't mind the picket or Ritter in these scenarios. So would you take Ritter then? I would take Ritter personally. I think do it then. I, I support it. Like I think Mariota is the better pick. Like I think there's a world where I've said it enough times now where I think the Falcons win the South potentially somehow. And then it's Mariota. It's like, Oh, the comeback story. Everybody forgot about him. And it's like, he was a top prospect for a reason. He just kind of has had a, a bad draw, but like, the Falcons are, there's like a weird juju around the, the Falcons this year that like, I think I'm, I feel good about my takes about them making some noise, at least being useful in fantasy. I mean, what do you think that if you put the percentage chance on it, just week 17, week 17 starter, what do you think the odds are that Mariota is the starter? What do you think the odds are that Ritter's the starter? I mean, so taking away my personal bias, it's probably, it's probably 60 40 Ritter because the assumption would be that Atlanta's bad. Like nothing's changed futures wise to say the Falcons are going to be good. I just think the Falcons could be good enough that they're in contention. And if that's the case, like I don't think Ritter sees the field this year. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the percentage I would have said too about 60% chance Ritter starting, 40% um, Mariota. I think, I think Mariota would have to play extremely well this year for him to still be starting week 17, which again, there's a possibility. I think 30 to 40% chance that that happens, but it just seems really hard for a team that is rebuilding that, that they're going to continue to roll and not get a peek at Ritter this year. We see red shirt years, but it's normally like red shirt for like 80%. And then it's let's, let's take a peek yeah. at these guys. 
If you think the Falcons can be good, then I think you play Mariota. If you think the Falcons are going to be shit, then you should be drafting Ritter and be willing to play him for that Week 17 correlation. Uh, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod. Of course, check out Football Outsiders as well, footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Making some exciting additions there to the DFS side of things as well as the best ball side, fleshing out our content schedule and also upping our news content on there. So go check out Football Outsiders. I think we're doing some great improvements heading into the season on there. Follow at Chris Fax. Follow at Peter Rovers at Pete. Give the people the plugs here. I'm sure you have a robust – you have four shows today, right? So I'm sure you got – Oh, you have one coming up right now for Stochastic. Yeah, we did Best Ball Breakfast this morning. I did a stream with Leone and Pat Crane on ETR's Establish the Edge podcast. That was focusing on FFPC strategy. I believe that's up on iTunes now. Splash play right now. And then I'm hopping over to the Stochastic stream here in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes to draft a team with those guys. So looking forward to that. And then, yeah, I think those are the main plugs. But yeah, the the big celebration, us hitting 1K, Spags and I will find a time to schedule our drunk stream uh, right into the randomizer. And we sniped that guy on on Spiller too. So (laughs) thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for getting us to 1K. We'll be back on Thursday, Pete and I at 2.30. Appreciate you all. See you guys then. Enjoy your weeks. Bye. (laughs) 